Welcome to the show. We got another great episode of the Three and D podcast for you. I'm Mark Keen. We have um, Joe is out of town. He is working at the moment, but uh, that's okay because I'm here. We're gonna have a great podcast for you. We're gonna hear from uh, last night's players. We got some Marcus all audio for you. We got uh, Coach Fisdell, Mike Conley. So we're gonna hear from those guys um, from last night. And then we at the uh, the second segment of the show, we're going to preview the Rockets game with a uh, good buddy, Ethan Rothstein from the Dream Shake. You can follow him at Ethan Rothstein on Twitter. Uh, he's the managing editor for the Dream Shake. So we're going to do that in the second segment. But first, let's go through the game last night. And man, what is uh, it was, it was something else. It was uh, it was ugly. It was wasn't pretty. It had all the things you would think a Grizzlies game would have. It, it had the ups. It had the downs. It had the. The uh, the close uh, game in the end because the Grizzlies hate to blow people out. They don't. They just they feel terrible about it. So they really try to let as many um, as many people in a game as they can because they feel they feel just awful. So uh, so the Grizzlies did just that. They got up by twenty two at one point. Um, they played really well in the first half, but uh, you know they just they they started just. They started dominating the ball. They started, you know, Tyreek Evans made some shots, and he uh, decided that he was going to play hero ball. Mario Chalmers did the same in the in the third, fourth quarter. Um, then they just started jacking up shots. They started just jacking up threes left and right. Um, by that point, I think it was down to, like, I want to say five or seven points. And then uh, that's when Mark Gasol and Mike Conley came back in. But, you know, I think at that point um, – the Mavs had hit some shots. They had uh, they had really gotten some confidence, and so when you let those guys hit shots and get confidence, and hit, you know, especially someone like Wesley Matthews and and Dirk, and you get those guys hit threes, they're gonna they're gonna start hitting them. Once they see a few go in, they're gonna keep they're gonna keep doing that. So, um, so we you know it was it was all around kind of a kind of a weird game. Had a lot had a lot had a lot going in it. Uh, Mike Conley um, he he struggled again last night. Um, this has been the third or fourth game in in the row that he has uh, he's really struggled for, you know from the first three quarters uh, he kind of picked it up last night at the end of the at the end of the game but man he he is um he is struggling you know he he to, to say the least um he finished with what i want to say 22 points is that right that's not right that is right. Okay, I'm looking at the. I thought I was looking at the box score from 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 Wednesday, but I'm not. I'm looking at the box score from last night, which is correct. And um, Conley with with 22 off 22. Uh, Mark Gasol led the way with 25, 13 rebounds, another double double for the big man. But um, you know that Conley was five for 13 from the field. He was 10 from 12 from the free throw line. So that's really what it's you know 10 of his points came from the free throw line. So. Um, you know, it's 22 points, but it was a hard earned 22 points. That's, that's for sure. Because it, 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 he did everything in his willpower to get to the bucket. Um, but you know, a lot of them, there's some of those layups he, he makes just, you know, they just weren't, they just weren't falling or they just wasn't getting the calls. Uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, contact on a lot of his drives last night that I thought he probably should have gotten the calls, but he didn't. So, um, you know, that, that, that's just something he's going to have to deal with. Uh, we talked to him in the, in the post game last night. He, you know, he, uh, after everybody left, he said that he was just, you know, he wasn't worried about it. He was just, uh, continuing to keep on keeping on and, and continue to make his, uh, you know, you know, get his spots and, and, 
you know, continue to shoot the shoot the shot, and and it'll it'll continue to fall. So, uh, shooters got to shoot, that's for sure. Uh, so, uh, but you know, all the well, Mike Mike still he came up when he needed him. He you know, last night he had you know a couple drives down the down the stretch in the fourth quarter. He uh, I think he made I think he had like three drives in a row, but he he made he he made one, and then uh, the other two he they were putting Dirk in a pick and roll, and Dirk was actually like turning his back to Mike Conley. And Mike was just following him down the lane, and before Dirk realized what was got, what was happening, he turned around and realized that Mike Conley was right behind him. It was kind of a little too late, um, and I think he made one of those, and the other two. I mean, one of them he drew a foul. So I mean, you know, he he was doing things late in the, late in the quarter. He made a three late, you know. So you know, he was doing things that you really wanted him to do. Uh, Tyreek Evans looked really good. He had 19 points. Uh, I mentioned that he was had a little hero ball, but that's. That's who Tyreek Evans is. That is that is, if you, if you're frustrated by that, you know, prepare to be frustrated all year long. Because if Tyreek Evans sees shots go in, he's gonna he's gonna do continue to score the basketball. But that's why he's here. He's here on this team to score the basketball for the second unit. Granted, at times he you know it, it, he stops the ball and, and 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 there's a real lack of movement there, and so people just stand around. And I think that can carry over from possession to possession, especially when. Um, other players see him do that and they just stand there. They just expect him to do that on multiple possessions maybe. And they just kind of, the movement just really just uh, flattens out. And so, uh, but he, he still played well with seven for 12 from the field. Uh, he made a couple big three pointers right in a row. Then had another, another one who went down and, and threw up. It was more of a heat check than anything else, but uh, he finished with 19 points. So, but that's, you know, that's what you need for him out off the bench. You need him scoring the basketball, especially with Ben McLemore out with Wade and Selden out with Jamaica Green out. You know the points are going to have to come from somewhere, and so right now it's going to be Tyreek. You know it should be Tyreek Evans that are that's getting those extra extra buckets. And so um, he, I thought he played well. I thought Chandler Parsons played well. I mean, he only had three points, but he had he had a three. I thought you know within the context of what we're talking about, you know, obviously the the ninety two million or the ninety three million dollars, whatever it is, is that's not gonna you're not gonna get that player. So let's just you know we can continue to not talk about that, but. But you know, through the lens of what he is right now, which is a bench rotation role player, I thought he did things well. You know, he so he uh, had a block shot. You know, was was getting on the floor, scrapping for balls. I mean, he thought he, he looked good. Um, I didn't really like anything from Brandon Wright. He was just mediocre. Didn't really. He had five points. Didn't really stand out. Only play twelve minutes, um, and I think that's more of a matchup for them. They really are trying to do a lot more switching. Obviously, that's been a big topic of conversation uh, is the switching, and and he, um, I'm not sure if he lends to that very well. So I'm not sure if that's just a matchup thing or if that's continue. But you know, he's he has only been playing twelve, thirteen minutes a game, so uh, we'll see how that continues. Um, Dylan Brooks had twenty four minutes. Uh, I thought he played well. Thought he had really good defense. Um, I think he's a better defender than most people give him credit for. He had five, still had five rebounds, seven points, so he, he contributed. He contributed in a way that you need him to contribute. Um, he didn't go out and score 19 points like he did in his rookie or in his first game, but you know he's not going to do that every night. He might do that every fifth, sixth, seventh game, and that's okay. But he need him just to go out, play good defense. Uh, get every available rebound and, and score, you know, seven to 10 points a game, you know, uh, so five to 10 points a game. That's what you need from Dylan Brooks. Um, I guess a la Tony Allen light, you know, where Tony Allen would always just kind of be, he would just come out of nowhere and get every rebound that um, everyone else wasn't getting, or, you, you know, he just kind of, he just kind of got everything, just kind of cleaned everything up. And so 
Um, you know, you need Dylan, you need Dylan Brooks to kind of replace that um, that position that you had last year that Tony Allen was playing. And I think he's done that pretty well so far. And I think he's done that even more so with his offense. I mean, he's 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 definitely obviously not the defender that Tony Allen was, but I think he plays pretty good defense. Uh, especially being a rookie. And then, you know, he can also provide an offense. And, you know, he is a player that can go out and get you 20 points uh, if he's if he's feeling it and, if he, and the defense is giving him, you know, giving him good looks and um, he's moving around well in the offense. That's a guy who can go out and get you 20 points. So I think, you know, um, him going out and get you 5 to 10 points a game, getting a bunch of rebounds, playing good defense, that's exactly what you need for him. That's what you saw last night. Um, he played really well. Uh, James Ennis continues. Uh, he played pretty well. He continues to play pretty well. Um, I, I like what I see from James Ennis. He is a real rotation player for this team. Um, you know, didn't score a lot of buckets last night, but uh, but I thought he played good defense. Um, you know, he can he can obviously be better. You know, he's better than two points, that's for sure. Uh, but we saw that a lot of times the movement in the offense just really just it just wasn't there. It just I don't you know uh, even the past two games with Mavericks it just wasn't there. They just. It really just stopped moving the ball like they had been doing the previous two games, and that doesn't really lead to a lot of points in James Ennis. James Ennis is going to get you points uh, cut into the basket. He's going to get you points on back cuts. He's going to get you points uh, on on fast breaks. Th- those are the ways that James Ennis gets you points, and so um, and he can also score the ball in wide open three point looks. But the the ball has to move around the perimeter. It has to swing kind of you know swing and reverse court you know, reverse uh, sides of the court to be able to get those open looks. Um, the defense has to ratchet up to be able to get those steals and turnovers to be able to get those fast break points. And so, um, you know, when the offense doesn't move, James Ennis isn't going to get you points. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I thought he still played well. It wasn't just he wasn't he didn't stick out like, you know, he was playing terrible or anything. Um, Jarrell Martin, you know, I thought I thought that uh, Jarrell Martin was was good. I thought he as as much as much shit as I've given him on Twitter and in this podcast. Um, I thought he was good last night. He had five blocks. He had uh, nine rebounds, nine points. I mean, that's the type of things that you need from Jarrell Martin. He was two from three from, th- from three point. I mean, if he can, if, if, if we said this on the podcast, uh, I don't know, five or six episodes ago, but if Jarrell Martin can go out and, and shoot the long ball, you know, like Dramichael Green does, um, then that adds a whole new dynamic to what Jarrell Martin does. If he can score the basketball, because Jarrell Martin is best at driving the basket, getting, you know, he's a very quick kind of power, uh, uh, lean power forward. If he can, you know, his best is just driving to the basket and, and getting you buckets there. But if he can add that three point, um, that three pointer into his arsenal, then those teams are probably going to, they're going to have to close out on Jeremiah or on Jarrell Martin. And then he can kind of either, you can pump, he can, you know he can uh, he can drive around to the basket after they're closing out because that's the easiest way to get to the bucket get a drive to the basket is when that person is closing out to you they're running at you and you you know you your momentum is going the other way it's hard for them to slow down on a dime and get back in front of you so if he can add that to his arsenal he, he showed he, he he does have that shot but he's got to continue to take it more he's got to continue to believe that he can make those shots and so if he can add that to his arsenal, that is going to change his change his game drastically. I mean, and then I think you know there's a lot of there's been a lot of talk about him being better than Jermichael Green. I don't think that's true. Um, if that were true, he would probably wouldn't have been on the bench last year, and Jermichael Green was playing the entire time. So if you know if if Jarrell Martin was better than Jermichael Green, 
um, the coaches would have let him play all year last year instead of Jermichael. And they see him every single day, and we don't. So, um, yeah, maybe it's just one of those guys that needs 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 minutes in a real game. But, you know, you have to show it in practice too. And so I don't think he's anywhere close to being better than Jermichael Green. I think Jermichael Green is consistent. I think he's exactly what you need on this roster. But, you know, Jerome Martin, in the absence of Jermichael Green, is getting a chance. And so this is his chance over the next – you know, three or four weeks to show the, the the coaching staff that he deserves minutes even after Jermichael Green comes back. Because when, when Jermichael Green comes back, Jerome Martin isn't starting. Um, and so that's going to put him back on the, you know, third, fourth big rotation. And so he's got to prove to the coaching staff right now, getting, you know, getting 25, 20, 30 minutes a game, that he deserves 10 to 15 minutes a game when Jermichael comes back. Because there's no way that I think they're going to just, I mean, they're just going to say, okay, well, Jermichael's back. Uh, well, sorry. Oh, well, you're not, you know, we're not going to start you anymore. We're not going to, you know, we're going to get 12 minutes a game. That's just not going to happen. That's not realistic. They're, you know, now when Jermichael comes back, if he continues to, if he struggles or if he's just not fully healthy or something like that, then, you know, you know, you have Jerrell Martin kind of in that backup, in that backup role where you can go to go back to him and say, Hey, uh, we still need you to play quality minutes. Maybe you're not starting, but we still need you because Jermichael isn't quite there, um, isn't quite back yet. And so I hope for Jarrell Martin that he can prove that he can be consistent on a nightly basis, that he can prove that to the coaching staff that he can shoot that three-point shot and they can go out there and rebound. He can be a quality player. Um, you know, he's really struggled on defense, and that's been the biggest problem for him is that they're switching this, they're playing this new switching style, and they're and and. And Houston did it, I mean, constantly. They would just come up and put Jarrell Martin in the Jarrell Martin in the pick and roll, get the switch, and draw James Harden was just driving right by him. They did that four or five times in a row. Where it was just like, oh my gosh. And they, the the only thing they could do was just take him out. I mean, that was the that was the solution to Jarrell's problem on the court of being put in the pick and roll is just to take him out of the game. And so um he's really got to step up on on defense or the Grizzlies have to stop switching that pick. You know, the, the Grizzlies, the simple, the couple of simple solutions are stop switching the pick, which I don't think they're going to do. It doesn't look like they're going to do it because they did it all all game uh, against them. the first game against the Mavs, then all game the second game against the Mavs. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the other solution is to take him out of the game and not, you know, not have him in, not have him in, in there. So he's got to also prove to the coaching staff he's not going to be a defensive liability, uh, you know, throughout the game, especially down the stretch, that he can be on the court. And so that's his biggest problem. That's his biggest weakness right now is teams just see that and they're able to exploit it easily because he's he's so bad at, at, at getting switches. Um, and if they're going to just switch to everything like they have been, he's got to either, um, he's got to step up and he's got to play better defense. He's got to learn how to move more better laterally. So that's one thing that he does have to work on uh, uh, for Jerome Martin. Uh, last person I'll talk about is Andrew Harrison. And he was just, man, he was awful. He was bad again. He's one for six, over four from three point line, and 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 there was times when the Mavs were just not even guarding him. They weren't even coming close to guarding him. They were just, just standing, like he was at the three point line, and the Mavs uh, player was standing on the uh, on the uh, in the lane line. So like. <laughs> They weren't even close to giving him any kind of respect at all. And so it was really, and that's one reason Mike Conley struggled as well, because they are, they're, it's basically playing two on one with the guards because they know Andrew Harrison isn't going to do anything. They know Andrew Harrison isn't going to score the basketball. So their primary focus is Mike Conley. And so the Grizzlies have got to do anything to get Andrew Harrison out of the lineup because he, he is part of the problem at the moment. He's killing them. 
Um, I think I put it on Twitter, uh, putting Dylan Brooks in the starting lineup. I know that, you know, takes away your, takes away your uh, kind of some of the firepower on the, with the reserves. But I just, I don't, I don't, I think putting Dylan Brooks in is in losing some off, off the reserves is better than having Andrew Harrison in the starting lineup with Mike Conley and make it even harder for Mike Conley to get going offensively. So I think it's kind of the better of the better of the two evils, if you will. Um, so I think I think that's probably what they should do. I don't think it's what they're going to do. I think we'll probably see Andrew Harrison start until either he's just so bad, uh, Fisdale Cannon uh, can't um, justify it anymore, or um, or one of the one of the starters comes back. And and actually, let's um, we have uh, let's see Fisdale talking about Andrew Harrison. I believe this is the clip. Maybe about Andrew Harrison from last night post game um, and how bad he, you know, how, just how he struggled. Without confidence, is that a fair assessment, right? Yeah, maybe, you know, when we see the ball going in, sometimes that can affect you, but he's still competing his tail off. Um, you know, he'll find his way out of it. He's given a solid minute starting for us. Um, like I said, this is, you know, what, what this does for him, you know, as we move through the season, you don't know what can happen. And, you know, he knows I, I have a lot of faith in him. So he'll bounce back. So that was that was Coach Visdale on Andrew Harrison and his struggles. Um, you know, so I, I still think it's I'm not sure it's a confidence problem. I think it's probably a um can't play basketball as well as others problem. So um yeah, you know, it, it's it's just a situation where the Grizzlies are gonna have to make a choice. What what they're going to do. Are they going to continue to roll the dice with Andrew Harrison out there, or are they going to try to make a change? Um, and the easiest solution for them is getting Ben Mclemore or Wayne Selden healthy quickly. And so I think if you get them back, either one of them, it's a easy change for Fizdale to make, and he doesn't have to, I wouldn't say hurt feelings, but you, Andrew Harrison knows the only reason he's starting is because of injuries. So if one of those guys comes back, you know, Fizdale can just say, hey, look, you know, you knew this was a, this wasn't going to long term anyway, you know. The starting shooting guard, you know, one of our shooting guards is back, so let's play him in the starting spot. You know, you're going to go to the bench, and it's not more. It's more of a we have someone healthy. It's it isn't. You know what I mean? We have someone healthy again. It isn't like you know you're really terrible at basketball. So, um, so they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, let's. Uh, there's another. Uh, let's do Marcus Gasol's post game last night. This is Marcus Gasol from after the game. <laughs> how much of uh, their comeback in the second half is about how much of it's about you guys? There were some tough shots, and uh, we missed it a few times. Um, obviously, we were not executing offensively. Uh, we went into, I mean, they did a good job of flying us out and, uh, and uh, making us play one-on-one, and then we got you know, a little happy with it and, uh, and st- stuck to it. Um, but, <coughs> but yeah, but we got enough stops, especially at the end. To uh, to stop the the bleeding and, uh, and take care of uh, take care of the game. For 35 turnovers between the last what? two nights. Uh, what are you seeing out there? Is it is you guys busy saying I'm playing carelessly? Um, a little bit, a little bit of everything. You know, some of them obviously are a little careless. Uh, some of them are you know playing a little um, you know are spacing. It's all messed up sometimes, and uh, it happens. 
Mark, the, uh, on the offensive side, things got uh, a little too isolated and there was a little too much. But that, is, that, is that just going to be a natural reaction to some of the, the new the lineups that you have to throw out there and, and some of the newness that, that goes on? No, I think we got to um, still fight it and, uh, and promote the, the, the moving your body, moving, uh, moving the ball, cutting, um, screening, um, shifting the, the ball from one side to, to the other. Um, we still got to promote that and, and reward it too. That was Marc Gasol last night after the game. He talked a little bit about uh, so the, the movement uh, the Grizzlies had and, and the stagnant the stagnant stagnation of movement uh, from the Grizzlies as well. Uh, this is Mike Conley after post game uh, from last night as well. What, what changed in the second half as far as them being able to make a run versus the defense chocolate early? Um, I think their sense of urgency stepped up. You just really tell that they were. Being the team that was more aggressive, um, I thought we were a little bit too passive, a little bit too content with the lead um, instead of continuing with the, our mindset in the first half. And, uh, and we let them get back in the game. And credit to them, you know, they, they fought and they uh, did all the things to get back in the game. And um, you know, it, it was a good learning experience for us, you know, just to have that kind of lead and to give it up and to have to finish at the end of it and uh, make some plays, which uh, you know we we're, we're happy that we did. There have been times this year that y'all have gotten off to slow start. This is a little better now. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's a start, you know. Finally, we get off to a good start, and um, guys, you know, we're playing together early, and we made the game easy for each other early. I thought in the third and fourth we slowed down a little bit. We started to get into a little bit more ISO basketball, and uh, when that happens, I think a lot of people lose rhythm, um, and we can't allow that to happen. Are you really picking your spots? We see you in the first through third quarter kind of Play the play the pace, but in the fourth quarter, you really kind of take over. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to fill my way through. You know, just with the the, the new way we play offensively and playing off the ball a lot. Um, just trying to find spots, and, uh, and especially when Mark's going early, Mark's been getting getting the ball and going early in the in the game. So, really trying to keep him aggressive and active. And um, and I know in the fourth, you know, uh, I always have my opportunity to be aggressive and try to try to do what I do. Do you sense more of a confidence for yourself in the fourth? Because you do have had real good fourth quarters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's the, the I'm, you know, I'm built for fourth quarters. I'm built to to take shots, you know, when somebody else might not. And uh, and, and I love it. You know, I love the challenge. I love the, the opportunity. And uh, and I want I want the ball at that time. And so I just try to do what I can do to to make the plays and um, you know do do I do it to win the game. So that was Mike Conley last night after the game. He talked a little bit about uh, the offense and and uh, his fourth quarter play. Um, and you can really tell. I mean, he we actually after this after I stopped recording, he actually started. He kept talking about something else and um, which I didn't get. But it was it was after he after we all left, he, we were just kind of talking and um, he was just talking about you know said picking his shots and and it wasn't getting down. You know, he's continued to. Um, you know, he's going to continue to shoot the ball and, and, and he just has to, you know, continue to go through that. Yes, it, it sucks. And yes, it's, uh, it, it sucks not making shots, but he's not worried about it. He's going to continue to shoot, shoot the ball. So, um, that, that's the post game from Mark and Mike. Uh, but after the break, we're going to talk to Ethan Rothstein from the dream shake. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back we'll talk to him. We're going to preview the Rockets, see what he has to say about the upcoming game for this Saturday.
Welcome back to the 3 and D preview portion of the show. We have on uh, Ethan Rothstein, managing editor of the Dream Shake. Ethan, what's going on, man? Nothing much, Mark. How you doing? I've been well, been well. I just want to say thanks for coming on, and we're going to talk a little Grizzlies-Rockets. They've already had one game. The Grizzlies, I'm going to go ahead and say they stole that one uh, from the Rockets in Houston. The Rockets are coming back just a week later uh, here to the uh, Forum in Memphis, and they're going to be playing on Saturday night. So let's talk a little bit about that matchup. First of all, I want to talk about uh, the way that the, the, the Rockets game kind of went down last time. Um, like I said, I think they, I think they kind of stole one. Are the Rockets going to come in here Saturday really pissed off? Are they just really just trying to get to the postseason? They know this regular season thing is really not that much fun. Are they just riding it along, or are they going to be here, come in here pissed off and destroy the Grizzlies on Saturday? They don't seem like the type of team that is going to be like that pissed off at like at this point in the season, um, unless there were. Some, I don't. I mean. There wasn't too much like bad blood, if, if I recall. I mean, there, I guess it was the Harden Chalmers stuff. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see those two guys going at it. But the rest really stole the game from uh, from the Rockets. Uh, you know, against the against the Grizzlies. So you know, as long as it's not the same officiating crew, I think uh, you know the bad blood will probably mostly be settled. Uh, but the Rockets certainly want to win. I mean, Memphis is. I think we're both four and one, if I'm not mistaken, um, and. Uh, and you were in the same division, which I know doesn't really mean anything anymore. But, um, you know, the Rockets are, are fighting for 60 wins. That's their goal. And every win counts, especially, uh, you know, when you've just seen a team and been able to kind of scout a team within the last week. So uh, it's, it's hard to beat a team twice in a row, especially a team as good as the Rockets. So, I, you know, But I don't think they'll be you know, stopped and ready for play. So you you mentioned the Chalmers uh, Harden thing, which I don't think was pretty. I don't think that was that was a big deal. But you did mention the officiating, and I, I've noticed that around the league, especially the Grizzlies game, the officiating has been super tight. Uh, the, the the Mavericks games they played were just uh, so boring, just because they had whistles every every few minutes. Um, but I want to ask you about Chris Paul. Do you guys have any update? Is he still going to be out a, f- a few more weeks, or what's going on with Chris Paul? Yeah, I mean, he, I think he officially went out about a week and a half ago now um and the diagnosis was two to four weeks at slash week to week you know there, there was a lot of different <laughs> different timelines given in the aftermath of the uh, the warriors warriors game um but you know he was not gonna be back on saturday he's, uh, my guess is he'd be up closer to the four week um four week into the window than the two weekend of the window they signed a couple point guards uh isaiah cannon you know who's you know, who had his best years on the Rockets, but is certainly not uh, a useful NBA player. And they have a couple of two-way contract guys um, who are also point guards. But, you know, they're, the offense does not look great when uh, when Chris Paul is off the floor, but they're 4-1. And as long as they keep winning, um, I think they're just going to be patient with Paul and, and let him get to full strength. And really, you know, they probably want to play him as few games as possible on the season in general, just uh, to keep him as fresh as possible. So even if there wasn't a knee thing, they're probably grateful for that, you know, some extra rest. They don't, they don't need him to play, you know, seven months of basketball. Right. So I noticed the last game, I mean, the Rockets starters and, and uh, they played a lot of minutes. I mean, is that something that we can continue, you know, continue to see that the bench not playing that many minutes? I think they only had like four guys play that game and the Rockets starters just played a ton of minutes. Is that something that's going to continue to trend uh, with uh, Chris Paul being out? Yeah, I mean, it's not just Chris Paul, unfortunately. Trevor Ariza has a, has a um, I think a 
bruised foot or twisted foot or sprained foot or something along those lines. And he missed the, he missed the game against the Sixers. Uh, no indication yet that he'll be back for the Grizzlies game. Nene has an Achilles injury. Um, you know, just like Chris Paul, the Rockets want to limit his games as much as they can. Um, so they're, they're just not as deep as they were to start the season when I thought they were the deepest teams in the league. So Mike D'Antoni already kind of errs on the side of, you know, playing his guys more minutes, um, you know, especially his starters. You know, in the playoffs, he had about a seven-man rotation. That's kind of the D'Antoni way. He does not like a long bench. So um, he just doesn't feel comfortable playing guys like Bobby Brown, Troy Williams, uh, Joe Chi, uh, any minutes at all. I don't think any of them have seen the floor uh, except in the, the one blowout win the Rockets have had. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be the, the way of it. I mean, the, the only way that the starters will get less minutes is if is when Ariza and Chris Paul and Nene come back and, and D'Antoni trusts just the more guys on his team and he needs to get guys like Bob Mute um, and Tark Black uh, and P.J. Tucker as many minutes as possible. So you, you mentioned Trevor Ariza, and this is a guy that on the last Grizzlies game played almost 40 minutes uh, for the Rockets, only had two points. Um you mentioned that he might not be back. That 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 would be kind of a huge thing if if you have a guy that's playing that many minutes and not being able to go uh, for the Rockets. Uh, are there any other people besides Ariza and Nene that might not be available on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I think it's just those three: Ariza, Nene, Chris Paul. Okay. Uh, but that's you know three of the Rockets' top ten guys. That's thirty percent of their of their team. So that's a, that's a it's a they have a serious talent deficit, and that's two. Two fifths of their starting lineup, and Nene was kind of like a you know a one B type player with Capella's one A. They played they each played about twenty four minutes a game last year. Um, D'Antoni likes to kind of have one of them on the floor at all times. So that's a that's a lot of minutes. Um, luckily, I think the Rockets are deep. Tarek Black played really well against the Sixers in their last game. PJ Tucker and, uh, and Bob Mute are both playing great, and Bob Mute especially. I've been incredibly impressed with him, and I have no idea how the Rockets got him on the contract that he's on because uh, he's been outstanding uh, so they're you know they're they're shallow and they're going to be playing the guys are going to be playing a lot of minutes but the guys who are playing are still really tough and really good talking with ethan rossing managing editor of the dream shaking follow him at ethan rossing on twitter uh we had a, just a really tough time containing eric gordon on the last game he just he, he killed the grizzlies uh most of the game and then kind of flamed out uh in the fourth quarter um, is this something you guys expect from every Gordon, Eric Gordon, every game out? He's, he's got to score 20, 25 points a game. With Chris Paul out. Absolutely. Um, he, he's first of all, I think he's lost about 10 pounds from last season and he looks so explosive. Um, it's just, um, you know, it, it's, it's really incredible. The difference considering how good he was last year, how hurt and how, you know, comparatively out of shape he was in all his years in New Orleans. And this year, he looks like really one of the best players in the league. Um, it's kind of astonishing. No, no one can stay in front of him, including your Grizzlies, who were, you know, the, I think the best defensive team the Rockets have played so far. Um, and he's just he's just been unconscious. And the, the crazy thing is, I mean, this is a guy who I think was top five in the NBA in three-pointers made last year, literally won the contest. And he's been pretty bad from three-point range. He was better in the Sixers game when he hit, uh, you know, game-winning buzzer beater. Um, but he is really like, he has emerged as a second star around Harden. You know, last year, uh, much of the narrative was that, you know, Harden was kind of doing everything himself. And to some degree, that's true. You know, 
part of the reason that Westbrook was uh, gifted the MVP is because people perceive the Thunder have less help around him. Uh, but Gordon was very good last year, and he's been great this year. It's, he's been noticeably better, and I think his shot his shot's going to heat up, and he's going to continue to average over 20, 25 points a game. So uh, talking a little bit more about uh, Eric Gordon, you mentioned that he's been struggling from the three-point line, and, and I think the Rockets as a whole struggled – from the behind the arc on that game, they were nine for thirty-eight, um, just really not efficient. I think that's probably one of the reasons the Grizzlies uh, were able to get that one on the road. Is this still a Rockets team that is, is going to take a, a ton of three pointers? And and if they don't make it, they're in serious trouble. I mean, are they really living by the three and dying by the three, so to speak? They're always going to be that sort of team. It's in their DNA uh, from top to bottom. Uh, but this year. They've been shooting pretty poorly on threes, but they were three and one uh, before heading into the Sixers game, shooting under 30% as a team. Uh, and they were by just because they kept missing, they were just averaging less than they um, than they wanted. But I think you know once Chris Paul comes back and once Trevor Reza comes back, um, these are guys who uh, you know Trevor Reza is a great is a very good three point shooter. Chris Paul is really really great at setting up guys for open shots. Um, and, you know, once guys get more open, the shots will form, fall more. But, you know, you've seen with Gordon and Harden this year, they've been incredible at attacking the basket. Uh, Clint Capella has taken another leap. You know, he had 16 and 20 uh, against against the Sixers. Yeah, I, I know he had a great game against the, the Grizzlies. He's third in the NBA in PER. Um, so those are all, all guys who feast around the rim. Um, and the threes have not been falling this year, and the Rockets are four and one in part in part because no one can stop them getting to the basket either. So if they're one of the league's deadliest three point shooting teams, and also one of the league's best around the basket, you know they can they can win in multiple ways, which is you know the difference between good and great teams. So uh, you, you mentioned that they have they have been winning games in in spite of the three point shooting shooting. How encouraging is that for you guys? to be able to go out there and still get wins knowing that part of your game that's so deadly is still probably not up to speed like you would like it. I mean, it's early, right? I mean, this is it's October 27th when we're talking. The Rockets and the Grizzlies are playing. I mean, the Rockets are playing their sixth game of the year tomorrow. Um, this is when the season started last year and, and years before. So, you know, the fact that they're winning while shaking off the offseason rust and getting used to, you know, a bunch of new pieces, even though kind of the core guys, Harden, Ariza, uh, Gordon, Anderson, and Capella are still here. You know, they traded a, a, a large chunk of their roster for Chris Paul um, and, and brought in a bunch of new guys. So they're still figuring each other out. They're still kind of playing themselves into shape. Um, so, I, you know, I'm really not concerned about, you know, any of the um, – any of the deficiencies the Rockets have thus far because they're winning. Uh, you know, if, if, they, if they were one and four uh, and had the same numbers, it, it wouldn't be out of the question. You know, they, they've stolen a couple games themselves, uh, you know, against the Warriors and against the Sixers uh, in particular. You know, those games the Rockets could have easily lost. Um, and if the Rockets were two and three, I, you know, maybe I'd be more concerned. But right now the things are, you know, are not looking as crisp as that as I'd like, but it's I guess it's early. The Rockets are winning, so there's really nothing to worry about. You know, this is a team that we know uh, can produce wins. Uh, you know, with the best of them in, in the NBA, they had the third most wins in the league last year. So you, it is early. Uh, we still have a lot of a lot of games to be played, um, but I want to move to the kind of the the I want to finish up with the the bench production from Houston. These guys didn't score a whole lot of points 
on the last game for the Grizzlies. Uh, I guess are, are are they scoring a lot of points, and what do what does this bench need to do to you know on a nightly basis for the for the Houston Rockets to win the games? They really just need to kind of keep the the court warm for Harden and Gordon. Uh, you know. What, because Chris Paul is down, Gordon is kind of filling that role as being playing alongside Harden for spurts and then making sure that one of those two is on the court at all times. Um, so because of, of those two guys' prowess, um, both getting to the basket, shooting, um, and you know Harden more than Gordon creating for their teammates, um, it, the offense just revolves around them. Every, what everyone just needs to do is just hit shots. Uh, you know, P.J. Tucker is still coming off the bench. He needs to hit his shots and play you know, hard-nosed D. Bamute is usually on the bench, so is Gordon. There, you know that that's a great three-headed bench monster. Unfortunately, two of them are now starting, so it just takes the firepower naturally away from the bench. Um, you know, guys like Demetrius Jackson are getting minutes right now, and they don't look great, but they're not nearly on the level of the other Rockets players, um, and they they haven't been too detrimental to the team. So, really, hopefully, one of the point guards can emerge as some sort of you know real player. Um, uh, until Chris Paul comes back. But right now the bench is going to be a, a struggle, and that's why the Stars are just playing so many minutes because the depth is gone uh, because, of, because of the Rockets' health issues. And I want to finish up. Last question, uh, what is, what's your prediction for the game? What's the outcome? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Rockets are undefeated on the road this year, and I, I just think they're not the type of team that, goes down 0-2 to, to the Grizzlies. And like I said, I think the, Rock, the Grizzlies stole one last time, and I think the Rockets have, uh, have made a pattern of stealing with this stuff. So I think the Rockets are going to win by six points. It's going to be another close one. Uh, well, you heard it here first, <laughs> and I probably tend to agree with you. I think it's probably going to be tough for them to go back-to-back and beat the Rockets, but we will see. Again, that was that's Ethan Rostin joining me on the 3 d Podcast, managing editor of the Dream Shake. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ethan Rothstein. Uh Go over to the Dream Shake. They got a lot of good content. Uh, he's a really good follow on Twitter, so make sure you hit him up. And uh, thanks so much for joining me, Ethan. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thank you. Thanks, Ethan, for joining us. We uh, That's another episode of the 3 and D Podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter, at King underscore producer. Follow the pod, at 3 and Pod. And my partner, Joe, at Walter 4 yeah, he was absent today because he's just he's out of town. Actually, uh, he's working, fighting the good fight out there. And so, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Uh, hit us up. Talk to us. Uh, find us on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, download. Only five-star reviews. We will see you next time. 